save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody, back to the Believe in the Jets podcast. I am your host, Andrew Golden of JetsXFactor.com. And as always, I got former Jet running back Lamont Jordan here with me. We got a very nice and easy impromptu, not too serious episode for you guys today. We are just going to go through the Jets offseason and look at this potential Aaron Rodgers trade. This is the big news. This is the big domino that is still yet to fall. The hinges of the 2023 offseason and eventually the 2023 season for the Jets all hinges around acquiring this fantastic multiple MVP quarterback who's also at 39 years old, who was 90% retired a few months ago. Uh, this is going to be the story of the Jets in 2023. One way or another, it seems inevitable that it is going to happen. It's just a matter of what is the trade compensation actually going to look like? What are the Jets going to be sending back? Are there going to be any players included? Is it just going to be picks? Is it just going to be picks this year? Or is it going to be picks in the future? While we sit here and wait, Lamont and I thought it would be a, a good time to assess the situation as a whole. And while I know Jets fans and everybody listening is ripe with anticipation for acquiring a guy of Rogers caliber, and rightfully so, there are some risks and there are some concerns that have to be assessed with this situation. And it really is a tightrope that the Jets are walking. Lamont, I really want to get your thoughts on this here. Just looking at the the process, going back to a handful of weeks ago when Aaron Rodgers finally made his intentions known, where he went on Pat McAfee's show and he said, okay. Before I did my darkness retreat, whatever, I was planning on 90% retiring. The Packers had left the door open for me to come back. If I wanted to, I go and I do this retreat. I come back, and according to Aaron Rodgers, just going off his word, the Packers were shopping him while he was gone and fielding trade calls for him and trying to see if they could move on and not waiting for Rodgers to give them an answer, trying to be ahead of the game and figure things out for themselves very clearly ready to move on to Jordan Love, a guy they drafted in the first round a handful of years ago to be Rodgers' replacement. Moving on, Rodgers then takes that personally and goes, well, okay, now things have changed. I feel kind of lied to. I feel like I had the option to come back. And when the option to come back was open to me, I was leaning on retiring and letting Jordan step in and take over. And now that it's been kind of pulled away, well, now I want to play and, and I want to see what I can do when I'm, I have this extra motivation. And from the Packers standpoint, they are completely and totally ready to move on to Jordan Love. And the option of Rodgers coming back kind of seemed not to be available anymore, in which case Rodgers turned around and said, okay, well, time for me to move on. I'm going to look at what's available and look at what's interested. And as we all heard, Rodgers himself said, his intention is to play and his intention is to play for the New York Jets. That's where this all seems to be heading. Lamont, what I really want to hear from you is as a former player, as someone that has been in the shoes of a player that has left a team, gone to new teams, 
had this experience yourself. How does it feel as a player when you go from knowing that a team wants you to knowing that they don't? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough as a player. Um, you know, my last year with the Broncos, I had a two year deal and, um, they released me at the end of the off season. Um, I'm sorry, going into the off season and, and I kind of saw it coming. Uh, just, we had some younger guys that did more special teams work, things of that nature. And then Josh knew that I wanted an opportunity to try to start. So he gave me that opportunity. Um, but it's never good when you're under contract and the team wants to part ways with you. I remember um, when I was with the Raiders, you know, it was, it was, it was a bad feeling for me. It was, I felt like I let the team down, let the city down. I signed a five-year deal, only made it through three. The last two was just a, a rack of, of injuries. Um, but the thing about that situation is that Kiff brought me into his office and told me, Hey, we're, we're, we're moving on. Um, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to release you in a couple of days. That's totally different than you're taking a retreat, trying to make your mind up. And then you find out that the team is trying to move on past you. With all of that said, I don't blame Green Bay. You've kind of been dealing with the Aaron Rodgers thing for quite some time during the offseason. And, and, and quite frankly, I think it's time for them to move on. If you remember when we first started talking about this uh, towards the offseason, I said there's only one quarterback that I'm willing, veteran quarterback that I think the, the Jets should go after that I would be accepting of, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Um, with that said, with this whole situation for Rodgers, I think the sooner it gets done, the better. Yeah. You know, the sooner it gets done, the better. I mean, if, as a Jets fan, you made all of these moves. And for me, I look at the Denver Broncos and the moves that they made to, to acquire, hopefully acquire Aaron Rodgers last year. They didn't work out for him. We've made all of these moves to get some guys in here. Uh, I like bringing Lazard in. Uh, with more gone, I think that everything is shaping up. I, I feel like the offensive line is going to be significantly better. Um, I just want to get this thing done and over with. Um, and, and I do have some some. There are there there could be some fallback. There are some negatives which we will talk about on the show. Um, but as far as going through this process as a former player, um, a former player who wants to win, you just want to get this process done get it over with so that you can get with your teammates you can learn the playbook and, and you can just move on to the next chapter in your life yeah and i can completely understand that from rogers's perspective where he's going for better or for worse this is how he feels i'm not going to sit here and say that he's a thousand percent right in everything that he thinks and feels but in his mind he's been the guy in green bay for well over a decade now has won them a Super Bowl championship, has won multiple MVPs, has kept them competitive throughout the entirety of pretty much his starting career, where there's Packers fans out there that are, you know, my age, give or take, that have never not known having a good quarterback that went from Brett Favre straight to Aaron Rodgers over a close to 30-year period where they haven't had to have any concerns over who their starter is going to be and whether they're going to be competitive as a team in the league hasn't had to be an issue for them. And so for Rodgers, I'm sure he's sitting there thinking, I've given you all of this. I have set you up with all the success. I have made, quite honestly, and I think this is not really debatable, he's made people around him look better at their jobs as a result because he's able to keep Green Bay competitive, because he's able to lead them on, lead offenses that didn't always have the most amazing talent around him. And when he would get a really talented guy to work with, he would turn them into complete and total stars. 
Or if you look at Devontae Adams, where I'm sure as great as Devontae Adams is, I don't know if he has the same career trajectory if he doesn't get to w- play with Aaron Rodgers for most of his career. And they get mm-hmm. to form that chemistry, and and, Rod- and Devontae got to develop under a guy like Rodgers that he knew would get him the ball. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a lot harder to be a successful receiver when you don't have quality quarterbacks, uh, which is why Garrett Wilson's year this past year was so impressive, uh, as putting up the numbers that he did in that situation it speaks volumes to his talent. But looking at Rodgers specifically, he probably felt slighted. He probably felt like he was owed more. This is kind of paraphrasing things that he has said himself, where I'm not really guessing this is kind of just what it is. He felt like the Packers owed him more than that, and that going behind his back, really, and trying to trade him while he was gone was not the right move for them. And to be completely and totally fair, like you said, Lamont, I get it from the Packers' standpoint, too. They can't be waiting in limbo. They can't just be, you know, have no idea and say, okay, Aaron, you don't let us know what your plan is forever. And two weeks before training camp is supposed to start, give us a heads up and we'll go from there. They can't operate that way. As a team, as an organization, as a franchise, they can't just fly in the dark and let Rodgers kind of just play things to the beat of his own drum and on his own timeline. The NFL is going to move on without, with or without him. If Aaron Rodgers is going to be in the darkness, that's his choice and that's his prerogative, but it doesn't mean that the league still isn't going to be happening while he's out uh, on the outside. And I really think that this was kind of a, a mutual disconnect that has formed over so many years where it all started once Jordan Love was drafted. And once Rodgers felt that he still had plenty of good years left, proved that by winning back-to-back MVPs the following years and said, we have a championship team that we're trying to round out and we can still go get a ring. And you're worried about future after me and my replacement when you, we should be worried about what the rest of our team is going to look like right now. And after the years of uh, erosion and tension and everything else, I think it's led to this point where both parties are just mutually done. And they're both ready to move on and neither is going to be conceding or, or, or cooperative in this sense that they are where they are and they're going to stick to where they are. And that's just how they feel. And we'll see where things get done. You had mentioned Lamont as a player, just wanting this to be done with. And I'm sure Rogers is right there in that boat. And I'm sure the jets are in that boat. There's one force holding this up right now. And it's the Packers front office. The, the Packers front office is very much set that they are trying to get as much in any sort of trade possible back from the Jets. And the Jets are very much set in their thoughts that they don't want to give up too much. And they also don't want to give up too much in the future because Rodgers could very well. I think this is not unrealistic at all. And everybody should be operating under the assumption that this is likely the case. He probably only plays in New York for one year he's probably only going to be the jet starter for 2023. And so if he is only going to be the jet starter for 2023, then the jets don't want to be trading 2024 or 2025 draft picks for a guy that's not going to be on their roster anymore. When they really want to try and maximize their window right now and do what they can to win with Rogers in 2023. At the same time, you don't want to sacrifice the top of your premium picks in 2023. So I think the, the untouchable, uh, Picks for the Jets are 13th overall in the first round this year and a first round pick in 2024, assuming that there's no stipulation or conditions saying that that only happens if Rodgers is on the team. 
If that's a conditional first, I could see them definitely being open to that. But I don't think there's any way that the Jets are going to say right now in April of 2023, here, take our 2024 first round pick. And we have no idea if the guy we're trading it for is even going to be on our roster in a year plus. I don't think that's a sound business, uh, a sound business idea. But for the Packers, again, it makes the most sense for them to try and get as much as they can to try and have a guy that was a four time MVP and a future first ballot Hall of Famer and have a quality return to show for him now that you're ready to move on. And at least from what it seems like the consensus agreeing opinion is a guy that can still play to a pretty high caliber level. And you're ready to move on from that guy and go to a guy you drafted in the first round. That's a total unknown at this point and turn the keys over to him and let him run the franchise. It's going to be a lot harder to sell that to fans, to the rest of the organization, to anybody at large, really, if you aren't getting this massive return back for Aaron Rodgers. And that's kind of where we're at with this stalemate. So Lamont, this is where I want to go into as my first possible risk here. And I think it's good to get the risks out of the way early. That way we can keep them in context when talking about the positives. The first risk here is that the Jets give up way too much in a trade and then Rodgers retires after a year and now they've traded away picks for somebody that they can't get any value for. That's a serious, serious problem. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. We we, we don't want that. And we talked about it on the show before about we don't want any of these quarterbacks if it requires you to give up the farm. You know, we we, we don't want that. We don't know how many years Rodgers is going to play. The one thing that I will say, in my opinion, I still think that he's still top two, top three best quarterbacks in the league. I'll take him right now. Um, really, I'll go. I'll take him as number two. Give me Patrick Mahomes and then give me Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers still has a – I think Aaron Rodgers, if you can keep him upright with a young cast of weapons like you have with the G- – I think that Aaron Rodgers has about three more years of MVP caliber quarterback football play left in him. The question is, is whether or not he's actually going to stay around. I think a lot of that has to do with how the season goes. So if you make these trades, you know, you're sitting down, you're having serious conversations with with Rodgers to see, hey, how long do you really want to play? Like with the Coach Sala and, and and Mr. Johnson and everybody in the Jets organization, and, and it requires Aaron Rodgers to be upfront about how long does he really mm-hmm. want to play? How long are you committed to playing the game of football? How long are you committed to coming to OTAs and doing the things that you need to do to finish this thing out strong so that we can win a Super Bowl? Let's make no mistake about it. You bring in Aaron Rodgers, you're trying to go to the Super Bowl. The risk in that, as you said, first risk is giving up a lot. The one thing I don't want to do is right now, I think the Jets' weapon is their draft. Since Coach Sala and and this new regime has come in, I think a major primary weapon that that, that, that is a, a major strength of theirs is the draft. You do not want to give away your primary weapon. You don't want to give away your strength for the hope that a guy is going to stay around for three years. And so I'm hoping that they're doing what they have to do with regards to the Jets organization, really asking and demanding these questions from Aaron Rodgers and then Aaron Rodgers being honest and upfront. If things go tough this year, are you coming back next year? And I I just think that as a man, that's something that, that, that you have to be upfront and honest about. Yeah. And that's kind of the, 
the side of this that I think is the least talked about. And my co-host Matt and I had talked about it on the Oklahoma Drill podcast and my other show for JetX when this news was first breaking. I think there is a, a, a I'm not going to say a strong possibility, but a real possibility that exactly what you said with the Jets is we need an answer. We need to know what your plans are. We need to know how long you're planning on being here. And if it is really only going to be a one-year sort of situation, then we need to know that up front so we can plan accordingly. And I think there is a real possibility that Aaron Rodgers fully and totally understands that. And I don't think that this is an issue where he's going to be offended or or take something the wrong way by the Jets just wanting to know his plans and wanting to have an idea for their own team and timeline of how long he is going to be involved. At that same time, I don't know if Rodgers has an answer for them. I don't know if Rodgers is going to be the type of guy where you're saying, as a man, be honest how you're feeling, come out and say what your plans are. I feel like the answer Rodgers might give them or may have given them is, I appreciate you wanting to know that. And I understand why, but I can't sit here and say, honestly, I'm going to play for this long. I'm going to be here for this many more years or anything after that. I think it's very clear that he wants to play for this next coming year. And he may have been open and said, I want to play for at least this year, but I can't guarantee that at some point in the future that that's going to change and that I'm going to be able to want to play next year. And quite honestly, like you're saying about being honest and being upfront, if that's how Rogers feels, I'd rather know that now. Yeah, I'd rather that to me is being honest and upfront. That to me is being is doing exactly what you've asked. It's not the answer you might be hoping for, but it's what you're asking out of Aaron Rodgers. And if he legitimately doesn't have his mind made up, I don't think it's necessarily fair to him either to have to force him to do so. I don't think it's necessarily a fair play either way to sit there and go, well, Aaron, if you want to come to New York, you have to commit to being here for at least three years. I I feel like that is the exact same sort of mentality that just forced this guy out of Green Bay. and it's it's a risk it's another one of the risks that we're talking about is it seems like the jets know the only thing they know for certain is that they are going to have rogers for 2023 and they are going to do everything in their power to make 2023 the best possible team they can and succeed as much as they possibly can as a result because they don't have any idea of what's going to happen afterwards i'm I'm with you let me ask you this let me ask you this drew Mm -hmm. Brady signed with the Buccaneers. How many years did he sign for? I have to go back and check that. Let me look that up. I want to say two years, but mm-hmm. I'm not 100% confident on that. Well, I, I, the only reason I asked is because, if I'm not mistaken, I think I thought he signed for two years and he played those two years out. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's one person that I think have earned, has earned the right to say, hey, I'm going to retire and then I'm going to come back. I think it's Tom Brady. Right. Um, I think right now, Aaron Rodgers, because a lot of people have mixed feelings about Aaron Rodgers. Some think he's selfish. Some think he's weird. You hear about the different things um, with family, things of that nature. I think that he has a great opportunity to finish his career out from a reputation standpoint as a teammate or whatever the case may be um, by making a commitment to saying, hey, I got two years left. I'm about to give it my all for these next two years. Um, And that's what I'm hoping for, man. And it sounds like, to be honest with you, and you said it, it sounds like Green Bay is holding things up. 
and I understand business, but I will tell you this. I do also believe in karma. And if you try to hold this thing out, if you're Green Bay, to try to put, to somehow try to use this to hurt Aaron Rodgers' chances of being successful in New York, to do something to try to hurt the Jets franchise or whatever the case may be. If this continues, if this is something that is a battle between Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay carries this thing out, I think it's going to be to the detriment of the franchise. I I think that you're going to set your back significantly. And I think that karma is going to find you, especially when you're looking at division with a young Chicago team, um, a Detroit team who I think is their division to, to lose. And you look at those young monsters that they have out there in Minnesota. So if you're Green Bay, if if you're parting ways with Aaron Rodgers, I think it would be in your best interest to part ways with Aaron Rodgers and do it in a way that you don't bring some negativity to your franchise. And, and, and if that's the case, it's going to hurt Green Bay more than it's going to hurt the Jets. Because I will say this about Aaron Rodgers. If I'm a player in a Jets uniform, this offseason, Hey, if we don't see if we don't see Rodgers until uh, the first veteran minicamp, so what? It's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. One thing for certain we know is that he's seen everything. He's going to put the ball where it needs to go, and it's freaking Aaron Rodgers. As a player in the locker room, the the the, the thing that you're focusing on is you're focusing on making sure that that when Aaron comes, when Rodgers comes that you're on your P's and Q's, that you know the details and the specifics of what's being asked of you. Because if it's one thing that this man, his man has earned a lot, but if it's one thing that he's shown me over these years is that he can miss training camp, he, um, he can miss whatever offseason, he can miss this, that, and the third. And at the end of the day, that man's going to come out there and be an MVP caliber quarterback. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, I'm, I'm really right there with you. I don't even, I'm not even going to spend too much time on this. Because I, I could talk about this till I'm blue in the face and yeah. drive myself, you know, crazy if I absolutely wanted to. But that's just not my prerogative today. I'm not quite in that sort of mood. It is very simple. There's nothing. There's no reason. Actually, there's no positive negative for the Jets for this to drag out at all. If anything, it's better for them if this takes longer. Because first and foremost, if this goes past the draft at the end of this month, the Jets just saved all their 2023 picks. Yeah. They just they just didn't spend anything in the immediate that's going to limit their drafting capabilities where they have now two second round picks and a top 15 picks go along with it. I think they have four total in the top 75. You're not going to have to give up any of that. You mm-hmm. can take all of those picks and put them towards finding immediate impact players for this year to help make 2023 as good as possible. On top of that, the picks you're then trading for Rodgers are going to be 2024 or 2025 picks. If they're 2024 picks, well, it's likely to think that they're going to be lower in the order because the Jets are going to be a better team under Aaron Rodgers. A first round pick in 2024 could be 29th overall instead of 13 like it is this year. And the difference between 29 and 13 is massive, absolutely and totally massive. We're not even talking about same stratospheres of value when you're talking about the, the early to middle first round to the end of the first round. That's a huge impact for the Jets. They aren't going to be sacrificing as much capital in total because the picks they're trading aren't going to be as high in a value. On top of that, Rodgers literally already played for our offensive coordinator in Nathaniel Hackett. 
has mm-hmm. sworn up and down by him as a play caller and coach and had mentioned specifically as part of a reason why he felt enticed by New York to start with was because he has this guy that he already knows. So we don't have to worry about Rogers learning the system. We don't have to worry about him coming in and learning a playbook. He already knows the playbook, let alone the fact that he's a veteran quarterback that has been doing this for however many years. It wouldn't be hard for him to learn a new playbook, even if that was the case. That's not even a problem. So that's one less thing to worry about. They just signed his favorite receiver in Alan Lazard. He's already Mm. got someone on the offense that he has chemistry with. He's already got someone that he knows and is familiar with to where it's not like he's walking into a new building and needs to, you know, meet everybody he's never met before. The Jets literally earlier today signed his former backup quarterback and Tim Boyle to be in their quarterback room to replace Mike White, who's now in Miami. There's going to be familiar faces for Rodgers to to get acclimated with. And last but not least, it's not like he can't meet up with the rest of the players in his own time. The only rule is saying that Rodgers can't come and work out at the Jets facility and be part of their OTAs or mini camp or whatever it is. Okay, great. That's fine. That's not a big deal. That's not going to make or break the season. What's to stop Garrett Wilson from hopping on a jet and flying out to California and getting some throwing in? What's to stop Aaron Rodgers from coming to some random place in New York and doing the same thing? As long as it's not the Jets running it, as long as they aren't the ones behind it and it's fully grown men as players setting up things in their own free time by their own volition, it's no problem. It's not going to be an issue. So if that really is a concern, uh, I don't see how. And I really think that it's it's a good thing for the Jets, if anything, that this continues to take on and this continues to drag out. Because last but not least, you know what else it shows? It shows that your general manager has balls. It shows that your general manager isn't going to quit and isn't just going to give in when things get tough. It shows that he's not just going to sit there and fold and sell the farm for Aaron Rodgers and say, here, Green Bay, take two first round picks, regardless of what happens, regardless of how long Rodgers is here. This is our only guy. We need a more desperate, you know, screw it. Take whatever you want. We need him. Very clearly, that's not what the Jets are doing. Otherwise, it would already happened. Mm-hmm. very clearly that is not the case and joe douglas is being very very firm in his value and his offer and his assessment of the situation and he's sticking to his guns and that is a absolutely applaudable to me first and foremost i think that is as a general manager that is some of the hardest parts of the job is being able to stick to your guns stay tough not give in to the pressure and douglas hasn't and i really think that that is a a commendable thing for him uh moving forward lamont I want to talk to you about this again from your sense as a player. And I already know how you feel based on what you've said already, but I want to dive in a little bit deeper. Aaron Rodgers had a quote unquote down year last year. Packers Mm -hmm. offense were breaking in a bunch of new receivers. They had two rookies starting for them for the majority of the year. They were dealing with injuries on the offensive line. Aaron Rodgers himself had a thumb injury and he was a, middle of the road to slightly above average quarterback last year when he's used to being the two years prior the MVP of the league and so there's the question of how much does Rodgers have left how good can he still be you said you feel like he has three years of MVP caliber quarterback play left in him Lamont if everything goes right I agree with you I completely and totally agree with you. First and foremost, just looking at his statistics, he is the lowest interception percentage in NFL history, period, period. 
like a minimum of however many pass attempts. Uh, I don't know the exact minimum off the top of my head, but he's the lowest interception percentage of anybody in the history of the NFL. He also has the highest touchdown to interception ratio of anybody in the history of the NFL by almost double his next closest competitor. Aaron Rodgers has won his TD to INT ratio, I believe is upwards of 3.1. And second place is Pat Mahomes at 1.7. So you're the level of quality this guy has played at statistically has been dominant, has been arguably one of the best players at his position in the history of the sport dominant. And you look at him from a physical aspect. This is something that I've personally said for a while, and I will hold to this till the day that I die. I think Aaron Rodgers is the most physically talented quarterback to ever play the game purely mm. from a throwing standpoint. I think he is the best arm in the history of the league. When you're just looking at not just pure power, are there guys that have been able to throw it harder? Yeah, absolutely. But the control, the touch, the different arm slots, the fact that his feet don't even need to be part of the equation and his lower body can be completely and totally removed and he's still able to drop absolute dimes anywhere he wants on the field, 40 yards away, 30 yards away, 10 yards away, sidearm, overhand, underhand. It doesn't matter. This guy's arm talent is, is absolutely ridiculous. And why I think that for me, at least, he is the top of the top in that regard because the accuracy to go along with it and the touch and the ball placement to match the arm strength and the arm talent. Where guys like a Mahomes or a Josh Allen using modern comparisons fantastic arms can throw the ball all over the yard don't necessarily need to have their feet set either can make throws from different arm angles but do they have the touch to drop in back shoulders you know over the face of a perfectly covered go ball do they have the the foresight and the awareness to adjust on the fly and say okay now my receiver is covered and he's got a corner stacked on top of him now i need to adjust and throw it back shoulder if you remember a handful of years ago lamont there was a really really big playoff game in dallas between the uh, packers and the cowboys and oh. aaron Rodgers famously led a drive at the end of the game to lead to a Packers victory, a steal victory from the jaws of defeat as they were down. I believe they were down like four or five points, like a little over a minute left. And Rogers makes this absolutely ridiculous throw running, moving to his left to James Jones on the sideline that like whistles past three defenders and hits the tiniest of windows and picks up a major first down that led to the Packers winning the game. Throws like that are why Rogers is at the top for me. Mm -hmm. like it's that level of control and precision to go along with the freaky just launch it over the yard stuff it is a a special arm and when you're looking at guys projecting for the future you're looking at guys that can play this late into their careers it's not out of the question for quarterbacks to play into their 40s it's rare it's definitely rare but the guys that do it tend to be some of the better guys in the league throughout the history of the league and have pan uh, punched their ticket to the hall of fame. As a result, the first two names that come to my mind are John Elway and Dan Marino mm. guys that played for dang near 20 years in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And, and we're still quality players towards the end of their career. And it really wasn't until their bodies physically couldn't do it anymore that they decided to hang it up. I think Rogers can have a similar trajectory where 
guys with that natural arm talent, like a Marino, like an Elway, like a Rogers, they can survive. They can, mm-hmm. that the arm doesn't die as easily. And I, the counterpoint to this for me is Peyton Manning, where if you look at Peyton Manning at the end of his career, Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl with the Broncos in 2015. Peyton Manning had nothing to do with them winning that Super Bowl. Nothing Peyton Manning was, was a shell of himself that year where it didn't matter if he knew what the coverage was and he knew where to go with the ball. His arm was just a a limp noodle at that point, and he couldn't get the ball anywhere on time with any sort of pace or any further than 25, 30 yards down the field, and it was a a major, major problem. I don't think you're going to have that physical drop-off with Rodgers. His brain's not going anywhere. His brain's not going to drop off. He's not going to forget how to read defenses with age. It's about his arm. And I think when you have guys that are special talents with their arm, I don't think they die out that easily. And I think Rodgers can continue to grow on and be successful. So here's my risk, Lamont. This is why I keep wrapping it all back up to this angle for you. I think the only thing that stops Rodgers from being effective in the future is injuries. And that is a concern. At being close to 40, your body isn't going to be as as spry and as light as it was when you were younger. He's had a lot of hits that he's taken throughout the career, and those pile up and those take a toll. If Rodgers gets hurt, then this becomes a, a whole other tornado of a disaster that I think has to be assessed, where I don't think the concern should be, is Rodgers still going to be an MVP caliber quarterback at 40? It's Is Rodgers going to be healthy enough to play at 40? You know, I think a lot of that comes down to the offensive line. I, yes. I, I mean, with all of the things that you spoke about, the, the the arm talent, I mean, we can go all day about just how great of a quarterback Aaron Rodgers is. That's a risk you take. And and I'm putting a lot of the onuses on, on the offensive line, on the running backs, on the tight ends, making sure that they protect for Aaron Rodgers. Now, he has a part in that. He can't put himself in risky situations, but – with him being a veteran, that's something that you don't worry about. If there's one thing, uh, to play as many years as he's played, and with me playing nine years at the running back position, that's, I mean, that's a long time. Long time for a running back, yes, sir. A running back. The one thing that that you just you just learn is you learn your body. You You know which ways hurt when you fall as you get older. You've been in, he's been in the pocket, so he know he knows the angles. And yeah, any freak thing can happen. But the most important thing that I want to know is, can he still throw the ball? Yes. Can he still read coverages? Yes. Is he Aaron Rodgers? Yes, he is. So I'm putting the onuses on my offensive coordinator to call a game that's going to help protect him. Um, the other thing that you get with Aaron Rodgers when you talk about injury is he's a guy that he, I mean, he knows when to get rid of the ball. He can get rid of the ball. You just don't want him doing any foolish things. And I just, when it comes to injury, that's what you have to worry about. Um, my concern with 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 Rodgers and with everything that's going on, you bring in Lazard. He has these demands of guys that he wants to come in. This is my biggest concern with this whole deal. I, I'm hoping that these guys come in and understanding that Robert Sala is is building and has built a culture and is still building a culture in this locker room, in this franchise. Yes, it's Aaron Rodgers, but this is Robert Sala's team. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's critical. It's critical for the culture that Aaron Rodgers comes in and he buys into how Coach Sala does things because he has a great culture going right now. 
my concern is that these guys come in, they're just here to play with Aaron. We want to win a Super Bowl, but they don't understand the way that the Jets do things. There's a they, when you watch this team play, there's a balls to the wall type team. Four quarters we play, we play for each other. It's just that simple. And so Lazard coming in, all these guys is coming in. As long as they understand the culture that Robert Sala has here, um, and that it's their job to fit the culture, not everybody who's been here, it's not their job to switch up things because we're bringing in Rodgers or we're bringing in Lazard. Um, we may bring in Odell. There's so many other different pieces. Every guy that comes in has to understand that it is not about you. You are nothing more than another piece of the puzzle that just has to come in and fit, get with the program. And that's my biggest concern. If these guys can come in, get with the program, and they can continue to elevate the culture that Robert Sala has brought to the New York Jets franchise, then I, I think we're talking about a legit contender next year because you have the defense, you have the skilled players. I think that this is the most talent that Aaron Rodgers has had collectively. You're giving me Lazard. You're giving me Wilson. Um, you're giving me Bam. We're hoping that Brees comes back. I mean, that's 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 a problem for the National Football League. So yeah, his numbers may have dropped last year, but I think that he has more talent on the team this year than what he had last year. And I think that that talent is is whatever shortcomings anybody thinks that Aaron Rodgers may have at the end of the day. I think that this culture and the offensive players that we have, you bring in a hard nosed offensive line coach. You're putting him with an offensive coordinator that he's familiar with and they like one another. Let's just get this thing done. These guys come in, buy into Robert Sala's culture, and then let's go out here and have a dominant um, dominant season this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm really, really, really glad you brought this up because I think this is the perfect end point, quite honestly, and this is the one thing I've been waiting to talk to you about more than anything else. What is life after Rodgers going to look like? And I think that's an important question to start asking now. I don't think this is something to put off. I don't think this is something to ignore and, and just say, okay, well, we're living in 2023 and we're going to enjoy 2023 and we're going to have no idea for the future. And let's just live while we can and enjoy this one season. I think that's foolish, quite honestly. I think that's really, really foolish. But the point you made, Lamont, about Rogers buying into the culture, I think makes or breaks this. Because if you are a young player on the Jets, if you're Sauce Gardner, you're Brees Hall, you're Jermaine Johnson, and you get Aaron Rodgers in in year two, I'd like to think that those players are already decently bought into what Robert Sala is selling and decently on board with his message and his culture. And the reason they were brought in in the first place is because they understand that. But can you imagine how it's going to instill in their rest for the rest of their careers in them that work ethic, that passion, that drive, that desire? that that attitude of playing this game and how it's supposed to be played if a guy like Aaron Rodgers comes in and buys in too and they are around him even if it's for that one year and they see a guy who's going first ballot to the Hall of Fame who's one of the best players at his position in the history of the sport that is a, a god in NFL circles that could be, you know, make any argument you want. Look at the dude's statistics. Look at his career. Look at his longevity. Look at his talent. You may not like him as a person. You can't deny that he is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. And if you are a young Jet and you see Aaron Rodgers come in and buy in in that same way and keep that same mentality and 
preach what Robert Sala is preaching and say, no, this guy knows what he's talking about. I'm on board. Just like, I'm, I am here for Robert Sala. You are not here for me. I think you're going to have the Jets set up for success, even if Rodgers isn't there. Because you are going to have that culture so tightly knit and so deeply installed into that team that it's basically going to be self-operating. And it's going to be like the Patriots, where Belichick doesn't always have to go after people. He doesn't always have to chew people out. The veterans on the Patriots will do that first. They'll beat him to the punch. They'll they'll take whatever young players they have in their room, and if they're not doing things the right way, the vets will make sure they know about it well before any of the coaches have to. And I think you can have a similar situation for if you are the Jets by taking in this guy that is so highly touted and so widely respected. And exactly what you were talking about, where if he doesn't show up for OTAs or he's not there for the first week of training camp or what, or so be it, that none of the players are going to care because they know what he can do and they respect him as a player so much. That's going to carry over if when he does get there, he's fully bought in. That's going to even... That's going to sell them on what Robert Sala is selling even more so. And I think you're going to have a team that isn't going to completely and totally bottom out once their new quarterback and new shiny piece on offense isn't there anymore. And I equate it to not to say anything against the this team or any of the players involved directly, but looking at situations, I equate it to the Rams where you trade for Matthew Stafford and you win a Super Bowl the very next year. And then Stafford gets hurt and you don't have any draft picks, and your team is old and expensive, and all of a sudden Jalen Ramsey's getting traded, and Von Miller was already out the door, and Aaron Donald almost retires, and who do you have on offense that can be any sort of a, a major factor? And there's all these questions with this team where it looks like the Rams don't have any direction anymore, and they're kind of just, they sold their souls to get their ring, and they got it, and now they're paying the price for it. And I think if you're the Jets, there is a way that that happens to them too. It happens by overpaying for Rodgers, and it happens by Rodgers not buying in. It happens by Rodgers being the, I'm here for me, I'm here to win and play with Lazard and be in New York, and and you know I'm just trying to soak up the last little bit of being an NFL player while I can on a team that I don't have to beg to, to show me the affection I deserve. If that's the case, then I think you're going to see the Jets, the, the rest of the Jets on the team. There could be a bit of that disconnect where are the guys going to stay as bought in? Are they going to take that message as seriously? And if they do, are they going to respect Rodgers as much because he may not be taking that as seriously? How does then it turn around and view Robert Sala, where if you're going to be the guy that's preached nothing but culture and nothing but everybody being on the same page and fighting for your brothers, and then this is the guy you go out and bring in to be your quarterback. It's, you know, how's that backing up? I think there's a lot of a mess that can come from this, but you had mentioned it so perfectly, Lamont, and I think it is it is so important. If Rodgers buys in, this becomes a positive and not a negative, and I really, really hope that that is the case, and I'm knowing Robert Sala and the type of guy that he is and how everybody that's been around him has sworn by him, the guy could sell ice to an Eskimo, I'm, I fully think that Rodgers is going to buy in. And I think it's going to go a really, really long way towards shaping this team, not only in the immediate, but in the future as well, where you could have a, a team with an established culture that's set for consistent success, more so than just we traded everything for one year and now we're paying the price for it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's huge. I, I, we're talking about when you talk about, and that's why I brought it up, um, 
because this is talking about life after Rogers. Life after Rogers is Robert Sala, or life after Rogers is this, this whole thing is blown up and we're starting over from scratch. It's just that simple. Because as a player, if 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 you have young players coming in and you bought into Coach Sala and then Aaron Rodgers comes in and now Coach Sala is a little different, he's letting Rodgers do this or whatever the case may be, you're going to lose players. As a head yep. coach, you're going to lose players. And that's the one thing that I always respected about my year with Coach Belichick is that it's just like the standard was the standard. It didn't really matter who you were. Like be on time, know your, do your job. Be on time, do your, your job, um, and stay out of the news. And everybody has to do their job, and there's major accountability there. And so if Rodgers comes in and buys in, and to be honest with you, I'm going to tell you who it's going to come down to. I don't think it's going to be Rodgers because one thing is for certain. As a player, I can care less how I feel about you throughout the course of the week. At the end of the day, when we're playing against another team and we're wearing another color and when the game is over, one team is walking away with a W and one team is walking away with an L. I could care less. I want Aaron Rodgers on my team. I think that this is going to come down to when you're talking about having guys buy into the culture. I think it's going to come down to the Williams brothers. I don't know if Mosley is still here, but these vets that are here, uh, they're yep. on the Mosley team. Mosley is back and Quincy was re-signed. So all three oh, of the goodness. guys you're talking about, CJ was restructured, so he's back. Quincy Williams oh. on a three-year deal, he's back. Quinton Williams still has the fifth-year option. They're talking extension for him. I think that's coming eventually. They're probably waiting to get all the stuff with Rodgers figured out first so they can know exactly how their cap is going to look like, but seems like they're doing everything they can to keep Quinton too. You got all three of those guys back. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I feel like the culture is secure with those guys. The culture is secure with those guys. At the end of the day, these are going to be the players that's going to maintain the culture because regardless of what happens throughout the course of the week in practice, as long as these guys are continuing to support coach with everything that he's doing and everything that he has done, the players are going to be the ones who 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 help, who will get guys in line, hey, no, 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 we won't do this. Now we, we you know we we, we kind of do things this way this that and the third so i well, knowing that we have both williams and cj mosley oh my gosh that is listen to me that is so critical when i played for the jets our linebackers uh marvin jones mo lewis james ferrier all right dogs dogs <laughs> dogs all right when you look at Curtis Martin and we had Kevin Mawai on the offensive side of the ball. Dogs. All they, yeah, dogs. All they did was work. All they all did they was did come was in work. and do it right every <laughs> single time. No no question. Didn't need to say nothing. nothing that was it. All That's we it. do is work. And so knowing knowing that we and, and having CJ and having CJ and Quincy back is so 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 huge for the defense. I thought we were losing the Quincy. I thought we were gonna lose Quincy. I, I thought our line. I thought my linebacker was gone, but the fact that he is back, and you look at a guy like a Wilson, you look at Lazard, you have wide receivers that have range. Let's just get this thing done. And over with. And I think that Aaron Rodgers is just going to have new life. I'm going to be honest with you. The reason I say that I think Aaron Rodgers can play another three years of MVP caliber football is because he's coming to a new city. He's coming to take a bite out of the Big Apple. 
and he has young weapons around him. He has a young, hungry defense. This defense that he has is better than it's better than any Green Bay defense that he's had. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure that if I go back, that maybe we can find a defense that's better. But you'll be you, it would by. have that defense would have Clay Matthews and Charles Woodson on it. If that says how long ago it's been. Yes, and and I also would like to look at who were the offensive weapons also. So I think that that team may be the closest. And, and when you watch that team play. When you watch that team, that Charles Woodson, that Clay Matthews team, the Jets kind of remind me of that. Four quarters, veteran leadership, which we have on the defensive side of the ball. We just gave you the veterans' names. I mean, listen, listen, Drew, the more I talk about this, the more excited I get about Aaron Rodgers coming. I think that once Aaron Rodgers gets to the Jets, God willing, this thing happens, it happens soon. I think once he gets with the Jets, he gets around the young energy. There's something to be said about as an old veteran, when you get around this young, hungry energy that has a respect for you, they know who you are, and they're just going to go out there. The The good thing that Aaron Rodgers has is that he's not coming to, to a team that he's not coming to a team that he has to be the example of work. Robert Sala's That's culture a great point. established that. And that is something that is huge when you're talking about a veteran of Aaron Rodgers' magnitude. It's not that everybody's going to come and watch him because he's have because he's Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers does not have to worry about the work ethic. He doesn't have to worry about any of that because that culture is already there. That is huge. Yeah. No. I I I love that point that you just made. I, I really do because it's the difference of like we're talking about. This isn't Rogers having to come in and set the culture himself. It's Rogers coming in and buying in. It's coming in and accepting what's already there. It's joining along with what's already been established. He's not expected to go walk in and be like, okay, Jets, things are so downtrodden. Uh, I'm going to come in as your new quarterback, coach, motivator, and all of that, and this is how we're going to do things now that I'm here. He doesn't have to do any of that at all. Where if you look back in and the – the worst parts of the jet season this past year, or I think back to the at new England game where Zach Wilson was inevitably benched and Garrett Wilson comes in from the locker room screaming that this blank is unacceptable, that we can't be doing this anymore, that this is, this is not what we're trying to put out. This is not the team we're trying to be. You have a team that wants to work. You have a team that wants to win. You have a team that isn't going that you don't have to motivate to to want to do things the right way. They want to do things the right way, and they just want to have a pathway to be successful. If you're Eric Rogers, I mean, what better of a situation are you going to walk into where you're you're not having to establish everything and be the culture and set the leader and set the standard where I feel like, quite honestly, that's what he's had to do for a while in Green Bay the last few years just because they haven't had nearly as many veteran presences, you know, around the team. He was by far the longest tenured member of the team as the quarterback. He's the leader. You have all these new pieces come in on offense, the majority of them being younger. They're having to learn. They're having to get acclimated. And I think Rogers probably felt that he was having to be that sort of role or that sort of leader to set everything. And I think it's going to be a refresh a refreshing situation for him to walk into where he's not going to have to be setting anything himself he's just going to have to be buying in and i think it's going to be a really better situation last guy i want to mention speaking about veteran leadership is alan lazard Mm. for all the reports that that i've heard 
this guy is a a fantastic fantastic person who works his absolute butt off sets a good example doesn't you know get into any trouble and is a great teammate great locker room presence and somebody that you want on your team to help build that culture and having a guy like that be that close with Aaron Rodgers I think is really really big because I think now you're going to, if there is any sort of concern over is Rodgers going to be buying in? Is he going to be on board? Now you have Lazard who can get in his ear and kind of build that relationship even more and be comfortable. And you also have, from the other angle, the players wanting to know Rodgers, where Lazard can be the go-between. He can be the 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 in-between of, I was with this guy for so long, you know, I was his favorite receiver. This is what he likes. This is what he doesn't like. This is, you know, how he is. This is what he means when he's saying this you know don't take anything personally it might be meant this way or there's all of this information that can be garnered from that and i think when you have a guy like lazard that's respected in the league for how he goes about his business to start with you're gonna have the players around him wanting to follow in his footsteps and listen in i really think that it's a like you said the more we talk about it it's just more exciting and that this is good it looks like it could be a really really good situation even if it's only for 2023 I think that's how I want to end is we've gone through all the risks. There's plenty of them and they are very real, but this is the best thing the jets could be doing. Given the circumstances, given where we sit a little less than a month out from the draft, needing a quarterback as the 2023 New York jets. This is the best way they could solve this problem is by finding Aaron Rodgers, getting this deal done, hoping even if it takes after the draft, don't immediately give in to whatever needs the Packers have. But as long as come week one, Rodgers is under center for the Jets, I think they're going to be okay. I'm with you, Drew. I'm with you on that. I'm getting more and more excited about it. Me too, man. Me too. Appreciate everybody stopping in today. Like I said, a little impromptu, a little more relaxing, conversational. Not too often we get to have these episodes, but I do really enjoy them when we get them. Appreciate you guys for taking the time to tune in, stopping by. Make sure you're following the show at OKD or Make sure you're following the show at B-L-E-A-V underscore in underscore Jets. You can also find me at Andrew Golden underscore 17, and you can find Big Dog over there at Coach Jordan 34. Lamont, any parting shots for the people before we get out of here? Um, That's it. Everybody be safe. All right. Love to hear it. Be safe. Appreciate your time. Talk real soon. Bye-bye. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube